Hi. 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 <laughs> we have Natasha Caruana, an amazing artist and professor out of London who is incredible on so many fronts, but especially in networking and outreach and arting and just getting out there. So we thought for outreach week, there's not one better person to talk to. like the number one so thank you (laughs) thank you for joining us because also talk about networking and outreach it's how erica and i met definitely i actually found alexis because of your instagram account cool amazing yeah instagram is an amazing tool isn't it it really is if you want to use it you can for good like all internet things (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's true. People are like, oh, the internet's such a bad place. And it's like, no, it can be a good place. You just have to use it for good. It's a neutral tool. Yeah, I mean, I love the internet. I feel like this moment right now, I, I was just ready. I'm just like, I have been sitting, waiting for this moment. And yeah, it's been so cool to sort of put all these skills together and even do, because I actually, I don't actually like private views. Like I go to a lot and I do, but I'm actually a lot more comfortable just doing what I want to do, I think. And I think Instagram's a good space for that. I'm just putting out what you want, <laughs> essentially. And it's less hassle as well, like going physically to a space when you don't really get to see the work anyway. I think they're tricky. We were just talking about that last week. We were just talking about that last week. Because <laughs> um, you don't, unless you go back when it's empty. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about Workshow Grow and like outreach and how like that's been working because this little Instagram area, cause it's not, this isn't new for you. Like you've been doing, you know, talks and IGTVs like long before this and they've always been super practical, super informative, super accessible. And now it feels like you've just got this amazing hub of all different kinds of just incredible information and it's amazing it's so true so I suppose I set up work show grow in 2018 summer of 2018 really spontaneously when I was having a bit of a tricky time with my university and I just thought you know fuck it I'm going to do this by myself and let's just make an educational space that's more peer-to-peer because I think from my background doing art you know the last 10 years 12 years it's I've had to negotiate all of this myself, like understand what, how do things work? What are the structures? How do things play out when you haven't got someone that is showing you the way? So I think it's, it, so for me, I'm just really passionate about showing the way to other people. It's like, if I'm having to, to figure it out, then I can, you know, I'm an open book and I've always been an open book. And I think that through Work Show Grow, where the whole concept of it is, it's about particularly in, you know, there's the art world and then photography, there's, it's kind of its own little world <laughs> in a way. And I think within this photography world, and I kind of sit between both, it's very driven by portfolio reviews. It's very driven by competitions. Like they're rife, really, really rife. And I just couldn't afford that way of getting out there. I couldn't afford to be the person that would pay for competition in the, in the hope that I might get picked by a judge to win. <laughs> like it just wasn't my game. So 
I went through more of a way of building a community. So I've, you know, I've shown up, I've, I've participated, I've commented, I've been there and you know, I love it. So I haven't left <laughs> and slowly you get to know people. So for me now, it's very much about this space is about for others to do that same path of if you make a community and whenever I do a workshop, there's like 15 of us or 20 maximum, those people will be your champions and they will be your cheerleaders. And that's a way for you to get out there and to get outreach for your work by, by peers rather than chasing these gatekeepers or mythical gatekeepers, which I just find really quite problematic. Um, so, and it, you know, of course, maybe it's a longer process, but I think for me, it's, um, you know, it's more of a genuine one and it's more of an authentic one. So the idea of my outreach is, it's something that is genuine. Like I definitely live by that. So I always want to work with people that I like. <laughs> and, you know, there have been opportunities that have come by and, you know, we just don't gel. So I just don't, we just kind of say, okay. And then we do that one project and then maybe, you know, it doesn't happen the second time and I wouldn't really chase it. Um, so then the workshop grow is basically born on that. And I've been running the interval, which has happened whilst we've been in lockdown, which has been an online program of events. So kind of three to five times a week, I've been inviting guests or doing IGTVs about how it works. Cause it's such an amazing moment right now whilst we can't go out and do these things we could be at home <laughs> and like just kind of like yeah figuring out how it works you know in terms of the nuts and bolts no it is because it's so easy to get distracted from like learning about the nuts and bolts or like remembering that we need to learn about the nuts and bolts and that's part of the process when you're distracted by exhibitions and other you know in-person things and like kind of the the more social in-person aspects of it. Yeah, I think it's really, it's, it is an amazing moment right now where we can all take stock. And, you know, that's, but it, it's hard. I think it's something that's constant. I mean, that's with Work Show Grow and then with my own practice, you know, everything that I'm doing this year is cancelled. <laughs> like until 2000. You know, so I was working towards a big solo show in the, the south of France in October, a big museum show, 10 years worth of work and a book. And it's been postponed yeah. to July 2021. Mm -hmm. And how do you recalibrate? <laughs> how do yeah. you recalibrate? And how do you not, like, I can't get to my studio right now. So it's, for me, this has been a way um, to carry on because I see myself as an artist educator. So I've been able to keep momentum and keep going, but with another area of my work. Um, whereas the art practice, I haven't quite figured out, well, today's, yeah, this weekend I've kind of thought, right, I need to actually sit and get on with stuff because things will still be happening. There'll still be momentum because you don't want to lose momentum with your practice. Yeah, absolutely. So, so in terms of, I guess, since we're talking about practical um, outreach, mm -hmm. um, as you were saying that you're an artist educator, I suppose, how do you sort of wear both hats at the same time when you do reach out to, to whoever and when people reach out to you. So when students are reaching out to you for practical advice or as when you're wearing the artist hat and you're reaching out to collectors, dealers, whatever, how do you do that? Um, I suppose I do, you know, I, I suppose I always foremost see myself as an art, an artist. So the, the education, 
education is secondary to that. And I think artist educator is something that I have just been working on. Um, I have currently have mentors at the moment. So I'm just like working on this last few months of figuring out how am I seen? What is my trajectory? What am I going to be looking at for myself in the next 10 years? <laughs> and for me, I think I have always been like the artist. And because within my own educational practice, I've always been aligned to an institution. So I haven't been able, I haven't had to be out there hustling and contacting people it's been that I just affiliated to a certain university. So at the moment I teach or I have a post at University Arts London and I'm there. So if I'm reaching out in terms of, you know, curators and such, it's me as an artist. And I do think that there is still, you know, it's, it's just, it's such a funny thing, isn't it? This idea of being seen as a purist artist <laughs> and it's, it's something that I, I st I'm still working on is how, how do we see, how am I seen? And if I do have this educational practice, is that a detriment to my art practice? I'm not sure. It's something that I think is slowly changing. Slowly changing, sorry, slowly <laughs> um, changing think, for you or? Yeah, um, it's slowly changing in terms of um, this idea of the purest artist and someone that is there in their studio every day the idea of wearing different hats, you know, the multi-hyphen career, the portfolio career. Uh, I think, whereas before, you know, you'd have the patron that would be supporting your practice and now, you know, the hustling, all of those words. I think now it's becoming more acceptable that, and that people are actually revealing what they're doing. Often people will be doing these jobs like silently on the side uh, and having these like secret office jobs a day a week <laughs> or two days a week. Yeah, that's so interesting you say that because I think that I was right when you were saying that, I feel like the fact that we do reveal more on like, especially on social media, what we're doing day to day, it's mm -hmm. hard not to expose that I work in an office building, you know, like it's not hard not for people to be like, oh yeah, this isn't the only way we make money. This isn't the only way, you know, some, it just becomes much more, even if you don't say it because we're getting more savvy at interpreting and like taking in this information, it's like, oh, okay, this person has money coming from this. This person's taking a side job installing art here. This person's doing a commission. Um, like I love seeing some of like some of the more quote unquote purist artists that I know all of a sudden they're posting some, you know, mural they're doing at a store that doesn't necessarily jive with their aesthetic of their practice. And then I know it's like, Oh, that store needed a mural and you got hired and you're getting paid and good for you. And, but it's just like nice to file around like down there where it's like, Oh, okay. Like this is, like we're all trying to get by, you know, we're all trying to figure out how we fit in and like how that works. And I think that like slowly it does chip away at these stereotypes that we have of artist practice, you know, educator martyr who's just giving all of their stuff and not taking anything back or, you know, curator who's like only academic and not in it for money, but like I'm also dealing on the side because I've got to make money. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's really nice to have like that kind of exposure, I think, from, from the social media and like just the natural conversations where someone posts something, it's like, hey, what's that about? And on a comment and someone answers and you're like, oh, dialogue and that's what is so amazing about social media like to offer that transparency to fu the future generation of artists coming up i mean it's absolutely incredible that that can happen now whereas before that wouldn't happen the narrative that was being told of those artists would be this purest artist because we didn't see 
we didn't we didn't have this access to the lives of artists that we do ha have now i think it's so exciting i think and for me on my own art practice i do I've, maybe for like a number couple of years now i've always done like a story a day i kind of just show what i'm doing and i document what i'm doing every day and for me i see that as you know i'm being a digital mentor to those girls coming up and also it's my way of being a bit of an activist and saying you know this is how it works this is this is what it looks like when i'm in my studio this is me making decisions on framing this is me preparing for a show this is me having to do version four of a floor plan <laughs> you know it's because you just you just can't see it and i think for this last month i hadn't realized quite the need of being of showing how it works in terms of me talking about what i do and I didn't realize that my strategies were that people weren't doing it as well, I suppose. So I suppose one of them, like I, you know, just to go back to me having this idea of my career has always been about having a community and work with people I like, you know, I very early on, probably when I graduated from my BA, I made a key supporters list. And that key supporters list was people that liked my work so I could focus on them and not have to listen to the noise of people that didn't like my work or try and find other people. I could just nurture this little network. And you know, it started with two people and five people. And you know, now it's grown to you know, maybe, maybe 40 people that I really nurture. And talking about this idea of making a key supporters list, you know, everyone's just like, wow, this is amazing. You know, this is such a good way of thinking about my practice. Um, and it's like, yeah, because that key those people they all know 200 people and that will be your network you know and your network is your net worth and that is something that is more sustainable for you as well as an artist to be to be nurtured and to nurture rather than the disheartenedness <laughs> you know it's so disheartening you're always on this line anyway aren't you <laughs> with your mental health and determination and and confidence if you're nurturing this group, I think it's, you know, you definitely get a lot back from that. I think that's a really good point because besides the fact that it's good to have the people to nurture, it's easier to spot someone who's not nurturing or not supportive or you're not going to gel with when you do spend so much time with people who do care and do nurture. But also in terms of like the practical outreach also is that it's like it's when you nurture these this network and you have them, then it's that much easier to be like, oh, do you know? this person do you know that person especially with linkedin and social media i see that you're following natasha do you know her or do you just follow her and it's you know it becomes so much easier to get these kinds of things going and then same thing that erica you and i were talking about last week where it's like you have people you can run things by where it's like i want to send out this email cold hey does this look good this is your area of expertise would this look weird? And then someone can be like, no, it looks good. Or, oh, you know what? Actually, I would say this because of whatever. And that kind of like real practical on the ground support is priceless. Yeah, it's so important because we live in our heads. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But when you're so emotionally invested in that, that, that email or that, that contact you're trying to make, you know, to get someone else to look over it for you is just like so important. And I think if I'm ever, in terms of my outreach, if I am reaching out to somebody I don't know, you know, I do my research. I spend a lot of time to figure out actually 
who, you know, what have they worked on? Am I going to align to them? And I will only, I do it so rarely. I mean, I did it with you, didn't I, Alexis? You did. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it, I changed, did it changed my world. It was amazing. <laughs> no, I talk, I talk about it all the time because it's one of the things that really made me shift how I take a, how I look at outreach because of the way you did it. It was like, <clears throat> excuse me, it was so clear and like you had done your research and you knew and you had a whole full idea and it worked. It was, but, and you did me a favor because I was in the position of having to put together programming and you put together programming for me and it became so mutually beneficial and we had such a good time. And then now we, you know, continue to stay in touch and, you know, trying to work together again in the future. And it's so nice because it, it feels like such a big ask when you're doing it, but when you're in the position of being asked, it's just like, Oh, this is a favor. This is so great that someone's doing this work and this care. Yeah. And I think for outreach for me, it very is about human to human. So for me reaching out, it's like, what problems can I solve? How can I help this person? So then it becomes two way. It's not me asking something of somebody else. It's doing your research, seeing what's coming up or what's happening in their world. And how can you support what they're doing because you value it and you really respect what they're doing. So it's, it's always, it always comes from that position. And I think the other thing that I, well, I didn't realize the need for it, for it, but I was getting so annoyed at how many emails I was getting that were just so badly written, you know, just talking about how do you send a professional mm-hmm. email? How do you send a contact to somebody that doesn't start with your life story <laughs> and it starts about them? Like rephrasing it. And how do you send a, you know, a, um, what is the word? A follow-up. <laughs> how do you send a follow-up? So I'm just noticing so much how I'm getting follow-ups from guys a lot and the women disappear. So I really champion like girls, just send a follow-up. It's not a big deal. No one is going to be, no one's going to judge you. People are busy. <laughs> and I think that's where, you know, obviously there's such a disparity in the art world. Um, you know, unfortunately with women being collected and, you know, we know the story so I really try and champion and try and empower women to just like stick up for themselves a bit more you know I'm gonna jump in and say that there's so many nods and like Mm -hmm. knowing smile (laughs) it's like everything that's been said there's like this silent aggressive nod from like all three of us it's like (laughs) yep been there we know (laughs) <laughs> but it's it's interesting i mean i following up on the the thought of we live in our heads i remember when i was doing my ma and i think i was going for an interview for an internship and i was like oh i'm so nervous i'm so nervous i don't know what to say you know but i really i really want it's really difficult to not get your internship when the school has sort of set it up for you so actually i don't really know what i was thinking at the time anyway but that hey that's what happens when you're in your 20s but um one of my classmates were like it's a human being like i know that it's the title is something that you're really focusing on but he is a human And so just remember that, just be a human and talk to him like you're a human and that he's a human. And I was like, oh. And she was like, you know, like people forget that when you're speaking to someone else, you only think about their titles and you forget that they're an actual human being. And I think that was something that I really took away 
with me for all these years because I now see it now that I'm older when people go up to friends who have quite big titles in big companies and people just really want to speak with them because of their title and not because they're a human being. And so you, you need to remember, like even when you're following up or you're writing emails, is that you're writing to a human being. Don't mm. forget that on the other side, it's a human who's giving you the time to go read this. So, you know, make, make it useful for them that is it's like what natasha is saying it's that don't don't make it about some life story it's you know they they are busy people are busy and respect other people's time yeah it's it's very true around that of just being yeah just being like just being normal just be functional These are things they tell us how to do, though, in school. Like, how do you write a cover letter? How do you write a follow-up? How do you do these things? But it is, it's, you know, you can double check how many times have you said, I, did you start it off all with me, 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 because I'm opening this email cold and all I see is a bunch of stuff about, you know, whatever, of someone else who's a stranger to me. I'm, I don't know where you're going with this. I, you're giving, you know, you only have so much time of someone's attention because they are busy, because they are a human. But if it's like, I love your program. I love your writing. I saw what you did with this show at, you know, this gallery. I would love to take some time to show you my art because I think these are, you know, themes that we're both interested in. And then it's like, oh, okay, now you have my attention because now we're, I know what you want. I also still eventually, if we're going to work together, have a relationship, I want to know your life story and I want to know why you're making your art or your practice or your career the way you're doing it. But if you don't tell me, why I want to know that like ahead of time you know I just everyone only has so much of a you know our goldfish attention spans before it's like okay next email next thing oh my Instagram notifications is going I'm already bored because I don't know about your I don't I don't you know I don't know that I care yet about and I I always the saying the saying that I always say it's like if you want them to know about you you need to know about them like have some respect. It has to be both way. You cannot be demanding on someone if, if, if you know nothing of them, why, why should they, why should they care about you if you don't care about them? So it's it almost always like this, um, interview 101, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you go in and you know what they did and how are you going to help this company or whatever, then you've got to know what the company does. You have to know what their programming is. Yeah. But it's tricky though at the same time, because I think for students and even artists, it's saying that your network is your net worth, but also at the same time, knowing what you bring to the table, it's also your net worth. Mm -hmm. And it's so tricky because you're not taught that in art school, what you bring to the table. And so when you're trying to align what you quote unquote, your value is with somebody else, it's, I don't know. Sometimes I think that maybe it's easy to, overlook or not even know what to say um and i suppose that's where that comes back to also having a buddy like you can have that support buddy that can help you so they can you know they can help champion you and say well yeah you know you are so good at that (laughs) and they will help find what your good your good points are like what are your strengths when it's hard to know when you're in as an it's easier as an outsider for them to help you with your what you can add to that relationship 
It is because it's hard to think about things when someone wants you to do a commission. Someone wants you to be in a show. Is this a fair deal? How much should I ask for percentage? How much should I ask for, you know, per hour if I'm going to be doing a mural, for instance? But the if you're doing these things, it is hard to like price your time. What am I bringing to the table? But to know and have someone on the outside be like, yes, this is of worth. This is something they're coming to you asking for this because you're who can provide this service and that service should be compensated. Or you don't need to compensate for this because they're doing it on this and you're going to get this out of it. Or it's a better for the long-term relationship and you're going to get this, you know, on your CV for that. And that's going to be worth, you know, a lot in the future. So, you know, having those people that you can bounce those ideas off of also is really important because every situation is different. And especially now when things are, I think, are evolving in terms of like digital exposure or like how do you get, you know, this to here or, you know, different kinds of ways that we're showing our art and different kinds of collaborations and programming and what, you know, makes sense. It's good and important to have those people to your network and that's how you can, you know, build your... I and I think know. the other really important thing <laughs> for outreach, the other really important thing for outreach is you understanding that network can also happening happen by networking other people. So if I know somebody that's really going to spark off and hit with somebody, you know, work with somebody else, then I will do introductions. Like I am always introducing people and I just get such a buzz off that. If you're mm -hmm. helping other people, it's going to, it all comes around and that person is never going to forget that you helped with that introduction for that review or that curator or that collector. Okay. And I think, for me, that's really definitely a strategy as well. well. Not even a strategy. Again, it's being human. It's being nice. <laughs> um, and that, that I think, is really beneficial to, to anybody in terms of if they're thinking of how they can outreach, which almost seems quite a cold word, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> outreach, like this strategy. Um, but I would definitely say linking others. Like, who do you think could you know, make, make amazing art together, make amazing relationship together. No, so really based on what we've been talking about, so if we were to sort of say the three things, it's knowing what your net worth is based on what your network is. Um, what else would you say? So you've just touched on this idea of introducing other people or connecting other people. So again, that goes back into this idea of networking. Um, what, what would be a third one, just so we can sort of be able to go and make it really sort of like practical in terms of outreaching? Mm. I would say outreaching in terms of trying to eliminate the the negative thought in your head which would be helping to make sure you have a champion someone that can help check you someone that can help make you keep you accountable to be like no did you send that did you do that just that little like person on your shoulder that can keep you nudging forward um so that you don't just end up not doing the things that you need to do because unfortunately sometimes you do need to outreach you know to get ahead there are times we have to do it um, so I think having a support system around your outreach, which could just be one person to check an email for you or one person to help you rephrase things. Um, I would say that's definitely something practical that not just making sure you have that person that can support you.
what have you read and what have you heard this week? So I've actually had a bit of an amazing week because I feel like I've been got an aeroplane outside. I feel like I've had a bit of an amazing week because I, as I mentioned, I'm working with mentors at the moment for my own practice, which has been really traumatizing getting in touch with people that I didn't know. <laughs> so I've been doing it with myself, like, you know, big names. And you're like, I would love to work with you. I love what you do. Um, and they don't know who you are. Um, but you know, you kind of wait six months. So I've been waiting six months to work with this person and they have sent me so much homework, which I need to do by Tuesday. <laughs> and one of the tasks of the homework for last month was to look at um, 10 artists, to look at their practice, look at their process, and to actually see what their trajectory is. So for me, what I've been looking at is I've been really kind of self-indulgent this week, and I feel like it's not particularly one person. I've been looking at 10 people's practice and considering this idea of someone's practice that is process led. So within that really unpicking, like how does that work? What, what work is happening within that? So I suppose I've started with the people that are often talked about in reviews alongside mine. So for example, Sophie Cow, Phil Collins, Jeremy Della, and thinking, okay, rather than ignore those names, when people mention your works like it, you're like, oh, oh gosh. I've actually got on board and looked at their work and really looked at where have they been showing, how did they start off, looking at their CVs. And then what I have read this week, um, I've actually been going back over Roland Barthes' uh, Lover's Discourse, A Lover's Discourse, which is an amazing collection of fragments of writing. And this is really great um, section well not section one of the fragments is around waiting and also around jealousy <laughs> and I've really enjoyed picking that book up again and it was f a friend got in touch with me and asked me if I'd be part of a project where she's getting asking artists to give her extracts of text which she's then going to type up on her typewriter and use as a, a, a collection of evidence of what people are thinking about at this time and I thought, you know, I'd actually really like to go back on that book. So that's what I've been kind of thinking about and reading. So quite a self-indulgent week, actually. I feel like I've sort of, I feel like I've sort of just just had too much news. So I feel like I haven't been um, actually looking at any uh, general affairs this week. I'm just like, I'm, I've reached capacity. <laughs> I need to get on with my practice. <laughs> that's so important, though, to be able to like recognize that because there are times when like we're too full. Just, you have to take a step back and then you've got to and, and, yeah. build yourself up in a different way. And I suppose I've been listening to a podcast too, which has been great. I've been going on for dog walks in the morning and listening oh. to you guys talk. <laughs> so it's been nice. So I've definitely said I've been doing that as well this week. Amazing. Yeah, I just, it, there's so much happening. And people say that there's fair fatigue. It's like, there's just, I don't even know what fatigue is currently. It's just, there's, there's a new platform like every day that's going to be launched and there's the auctions are happening soon. And you know, everyone's, it's just like, wow, there's so much. I don't know what to do. And actually thinking, reflecting on what I just said, both those things are physical. So I've been doing physical things. I haven't been screen-based this week which is quite nice actually because there are just too many newsletters about 
this pre this private viewing room and this and that and oh too much I love that yeah it's so good I feel like this entire recording is like it could be summed up with well at least for me like a bobblehead of me just like nodding yeah <laughs> this is it just everyone just imagine just like just agreeing yes. <laughs> it's like don't have to say anything because everything that you guys are saying i'm just like yes agreed agreed it's great you're doing the podcast i suppose that really comes into the conversation of you know part of you doing this is so that others can see how things work you know how does it work how 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 things being negotiated in the art world yeah, I mean, I hope so. I hope we both hope so. I think it, it's, but it, it is, it's time to get these like nat, nuts and bolts, which, you know, all of this admin infrastructure that we can build to make ourselves stronger on the other side that doesn't feel so sexy on a regular spring day when we can go out and do things. But now it's like, what if we, you know, reworked our CVs? And what if we like started to look at, you know, start a spreadsheet of, you know, writers to reach out to when we have our show the next time to review potentially, you know, this is when we can start doing those things. And it's, I don't know, it's not, it's, cause it's gonna be hard to make work, I think. And I think it can be hard to be creative and there's a lot of pressure going on, but these are really practical, tactile things I feel like that we can do. Um, and man, sometimes it's fun when you're looking up galleries and programs and curators and writers and you get turned on to new things that you didn't even know about. And that's, you know, it's exciting to fall down those holes for sure. It is, but it's also nice to have in, this is so not sexy, but it's also nice to have the folder in your mm -hmm. computer, just knowing that when things do pick up or what, whatever, when you're doing outreaching that your templates and everything has already been done. Yeah. Because you've taken the time to go and do this now whilst sort of everyone else is doing what everyone else is doing. And so exactly. when, when the market is a bit more awake, I don't know, it's not not awake, but you know, when, when there's a little bit more movement, then you don't have to feel, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I feel like panicked. It's like, oh my God, I haven't done this yet. Like, why haven't I done that? I should have done that before. Like, but now then everything is sort of just ready, you know, and then you get to, be indulgent in the other side of things because the admin's already been completed. Yes, I love it. Um, Natasha, thank you so much. It was such a delight, a joy to have you. Can you please tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, yeah, so I can be found on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I am can be found at, um, I suppose my Instagram is at Natasha Caruana, and I'm going to spell that for you, which is N-A-T-A-S-H-A -A dot C-A-R-U-A-N-A. -A, and the website is www.natashacaruana.com. And then also come over to Work, Show, Grow, which is at Work, Show, Grow, one word. And yeah, just hit our IGTV button and you can see a whole plethora of how to do things, you know, how to cope with your mental health with an artist, how to write an email, how to think about accessibility in the arts. It's all there, lots and lots of practical things and small little bite-sized pieces for you to look at. Everything maximum 15 minutes. So yeah, it's great. Oh, it's so great. It and I'll write great. all of this in our little blurby so people can access it. And 
Thank you so much. Until next time, I am Alexis Hyde. You can find me everywhere at Hyde or Die, H-Y-D as in David, E-O-R-D as in David, I-E, or AlexisHyde.com. I'm Erica Wong. You can find me on, well, basically everywhere, but I think the easiest would be on my Instagram, which is to practice a practice. So that's T-O-P-R-A-C-T-I-S-E-A-P-R-A-C-T-I-C-E. And I'll put all of this down in our little blurby so you guys can get some easy click-ons. And until next time. Bye. Bye.